Remember when I said I wanted to start a new hobby in 2022? Well, now I found the perfect way to do so. Let's Make Art delivers art supplies right to your door. Whether it's monthly subscriptions, project kits, or supplies for a variety of projects, they make art simple, even for someone with a lot on their plate. Not everyone has a ton of time or space to create. That's why they've made it easy for you to start now. Let's Make Art has done the hard work so you can focus on mindfulness, learning, community, and having fun. With easy-to-understand tutorials and so many different offerings, there's something perfect to fit any level of learning. Let's Make Art also has community groups where you can enjoy a safe space to share your art with others. Right now is the perfect time to express yourself creatively. With Let's Make Art, you can try a new artistic medium on for size or maybe even pick up a new hobby. Right now, Let's Make Art is offering Heart and Hustle listeners 20% off. Visit zen.ai backslash heart hustle pod for 20% off your entire order today. So right now, go to zen.ai backslash heart hustle pod for 20% off anything you order today. Hello, friends. Welcome back to the Heart and Hustle podcast. I am Jill Theard. And I'm Charisma O'Keefe, and we're here every Thursday talking to you about business balance, entrepreneurship, creativity, and all sorts of awesome things. We've been podcasting for five years, six years, how many years? Many of years. Very, very, very long time. (laughs) Um, And we've had a lot of amazing guests on over the years, um, plus the two of us sit and chat and talk about all sorts of interesting business ideas and ways to uh, become an entrepreneur if you're not one already. Um, So you don't have to already be an entrepreneur to listen to the podcast or just creative things. So there's a lot going on. Um, If you're not already, make sure that you're following us on Instagram at Heart Hustle Podcast. You can also follow us on Facebook at Heart Hustle Podcast and Twitter at Heart Hustle Pod. But Instagram is where we are always most active. So definitely check us out on there. You can also rate and review us on Apple Podcasts that people can find us. So feel free to leave a five-star review. And then also if you use that platform that we don't talk about, they also have reviews. I think they're open up to everybody. So you can review on there. I've started to go in and review some of my favorite podcasts because a lot of them that are even very popular have zero reviews. So um, you can go in there in the one that rhymes with trotatize and (laughs) (laughs) review us if that is your podcast provider dimension and they have enough money they don't need my advertisement so that is my recommendation for you to do right now yes and you can also go is it called follow us on patreon i'm very old i don't even know how you like i need to subscribe to the patreon subscribe to our patreon that's that's the words i was looking for Whew, I'm not even awake yet. I think I need matcha today. Gariot. I, I was just talking about how I'm so excited for the beginning of matcha season. Um, yeah. It's always thrilled. matcha season for me, and I do not drink coffee, and I don't really drink much every day, but I do have days where I wake up. Like, at least one day a week, I'll wake up, and I'll be like, yeah, I'm going to need a matcha today, because it's like, I need it to get it together. Matcha. And I did have a lot of CBD last night, like, more than usual. Um, cause I wanted to make sure I went to bed on time. And so I think I probably overdid it and I woke up and I was like, whoa. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll be having a matcha after this, but yes, yeah, subscribe to our Patreon. Um, you can get all sorts of fun extras that will help you 
not only just like run your business more efficiently, but also just like help you find a little bit more balance in your life as well. Because as an entrepreneur, especially if you are a early entrepreneur, uh, it, it can be difficult to find that balance. Um, so something that we've been talking to people about a lot lately is leaving your job. Yeah, the great resignation <laughs> is still upon us. So that is yeah. what the, the internet have journalisms have been calling it is the, you know, activity of thousands of people leaving their nine to fives, whether if it is for a different nine to five opportunity to have better benefits and better life balance, or if it's to drop into the world of entrepreneurship, which is also a challenge of its own difference, but it is sometimes, again, giving people a better uh, quality of life and that type of thing. So this is a good opportunity for us to kind of step our toes into the water and share some things that we have learned from having peers in and out and about right now and things that we know from our own experiences of what you can be doing to make sure that you are properly taken care of before you decide to give your notice and tell everybody to GFY. Yeah, I feel like back in the day, like a lot, because, you know, a lot of the people that I know have been entrepreneurs have been entrepreneurs for at this point, like 10 plus years. And I think for us, a lot of us, we knew early on, like a nine to five was just like not going to be the thing that worked for us we demanded a lot out of our career. We really wanted flexibility. We really wanted to be able to use our creativity. We wanted to be able to choose the type of people we work with, the type of like mission that our, you know, our career was on. And so we just really wanted a lot of uh, personalization, flexibility and control in every aspect of our, our career, whether that would mean work would be more difficult or not. That really didn't matter to us. Right. We were just like, we want those things. Um, and then I think a lot of the entrepreneurs I know that have been doing it for a long time as time has gone on, we've made changes in our career to make things uh, more flex- like even more flexible and wanted more like I think a lot of us want more like time for our personal lives. And we've been able to make that happen because we're our own bosses. So, you know, I definitely think that there's a lot of people that glamorize um, entrepreneurship. We definitely don't on here. We've told you all a million times like, Shit is hard. <laughs> it is not easy. <laughs> but at the same time, it's like there are some people that have a nine to five that it's it's amazing. They love what they do. They get recognized at work. They make an amount of money that makes sense for what they do. They have good benefits and are taken care of. They're appreciated. They're treated like human beings at their job, right? And human beings that, that uh, their company cares about. And if you have that, I think that's wonderful. If anybody has ever found that, I'm always like, yes, do that. Stay on that path. That sounds great. But unfortunately for a lot of people, because capitalism and the way that America runs, it's actually kind of hard to find a nine to five like that. Like I feel like more people nowadays have been disliking their jobs than liking them. Um, and especially with everything that's gone on during the pandemic, I think a lot of people have seen that like even in the most extreme cases – when it wouldn't be that hard for their business or their company to show like, hey, we care about you. The company has chosen to be like, no, thanks. Um, and whether that's, you know, just overworking the heck out of people during the pandemic when it's not necessary, forcing people to go back in early um, when they don't want to. I have a friend that's in that position right now where they really do not want to go back into the office. They're worried. They do have some um, health issues and they have been performing their job like 
expertly from home. Nothing has changed. Everything's been going great. And so they're like, I really would prefer not to come in. And the company's like, well, you're going to have to. So they're trying to scramble to figure out if they can find something else because they're like, this is just not going to work for me to like risk my health every day. Um, And I know friends who have quit over that. Right. So it's definitely uh, happening. And of course, you know, I was just reading the other day, somebody was talking about at their school, 27 teachers are quitting. Oh, yes, I saw that on Twitter. On Twitter, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I was just like, I'm not surprised. Um, I don't even know if we really talked about it on here, but John quit teaching. We did not. Um, I don't it. think we talked about that on here because there's everything has been going so quickly. And, and, uh, but yeah, he, we made the decision last fall pretty much, kind of towards the end of the, the, um, year that he was not going to continue teaching anymore. And then um, he stepped away full time from teaching this, like, really just recently, um, in like January. And uh, yeah, it, he taught for 18 years. So it was not something that he ever it was not like a light decision. You know, no, it was really hard. I mean, I think that in a lot of ways, it's been something that we've talked about for years, because I will say like, I love my life as an entrepreneur. And I've always wanted him to come over to the side of entrepreneurship because the freedom and flexibility that I have in my career and my life is limited to a bit because of his career. You know, right. we're still, we still had those trappings of a nine to five when it came to our life because he had a nine to five. Um, so there were just certain things that we couldn't do flexibly in life that I, I wanted more flexibility. And, you know, so, but there was a time obviously when he loved teaching. So it was like, never even crossed my mind back then because it's like he loved what he was doing but over the years he's liked it less and less it's been more and more stressful he's gotten more and more in trouble for basically doing his job for teaching and for you know and and people would be like no don't teach the kids don't care about them basically literally like that's that's literally like what he's been told is like spend less time like caring basically and and he's been chastised for for just being a good teacher and being a decent human and you know that like eats away at your spirit over time and so I think at a certain point it's just like this just doesn't make any sense anymore right now it feels like the school is actively trying to kill you um with COVID and everything so it just got to be too much and you know we had been thinking about him going into real estate for a while and everything just kind of came together to make that happen so thank goodness he was able to you know move into a career that is a better fit for him Um, And it's really, truly wild to me because, again, I've been kind of pushing at this for years, but really it's just like the last two years have made it like clear. And there are times, and you know how John is because he's just like, John lives in like a Disney cartoon. Like he's not like normal people. Um, So you know how he is, but he'll do this. Like he'll be like making lunch and then he'll look over at me. I'm like working on my computer and he'll be like, I'm so happy. I just need to happy thank you so much for encouraging me to do this and i'm just like he's literally like he's like a rabbit in a disney movie that's what being married (laughs) he's just but yeah he's over the moon about it and we definitely had to like take some steps which we'll be talking about today we had like five main steps but there's a lot of things you can do before leaving your nine to five but we were lucky that we were able to have him stay in his job once we made the decision like yes we're going to do this and start to make changes and put things in place that made that transition easier and even though it's actually something that hasn't been in in place for that long it now feels so natural and it's not stressful because we did that groundwork ahead of time had it just been a thing where we waited until he exploded and was like i can't do this anymore 
then it would have been really bad. But thankfully, like we put things in place um, to make that transition smoother. And now he's doing real estate full time and like he loves it and he loves helping people find homes. And he's been able to find that, um, that line from like teaching people and walking people through learning a concept, walking students through learning a concept to like, okay, now I'm going to take that knowledge and bring it over to real estate where I can now walk people through the process of like buying their first home or whatever it is, you know? Um, so yeah, so definitely you want to make a plan. That's going to be the first thing that you're doing is making a very clear plan on what you want your life to look like after you leave your nine to five. Cause a lot of times people just hear like a thing. They're like, Oh, owning a business. And Oh, like, you know, I want to, you know, paint. I love painting. Okay. But your, your life isn't going to look like painting for eight hours. Your life is looking like painting for eight hours during the week. And then the other 32 or let's be real, the other 52, because you're working six yes. hours a week, is doing marketing and sales and mm-hmm. SEO and you hiring. Really you really think about, stuff. like, what do you want each hour to look like? Because it's not going to be, like, <laughs> when I was doing photography, oh, my goodness, I pretty much did photography. I maybe broke out my camera twice a week, and the rest of the time I was in front of my computer. You know, right. so you really have to know the truth of, like, what is your day-to-day going to look like? And for some people, like, John is the type of person, he likes to see people and talk to people and, and stuff like that. So for him, it made sense to be like, okay, with real estate, you are going to go out and, and talk to people a lot and that sort of thing. So you like to do that. Whereas for me, like, I don't mind talking to some people maybe from home, but I don't want to have to talk to people oh, every man. day. I've had like two meetings in the past two weeks in person and every after each one, it's like, I, I, it's, I feel like I'm drunk. Like I go late yeah, at and it's- die and need to recover. It has been so draining and they've been great meetings, amazing people to talk to like really cool ideas but immediately when I get home I'm like please don't talk to me I don't want to talk to another human I'm so so John is definitely in the career that he needs to be in because he right. knows what and he I, likes and what his personality people who you know who are like that it's like not everyone's like that like it's not to me the idea of like and he's he he goes into the office still he likes to go into the office and you know obviously it's not as as full of a classroom and he can wear his mask in there and all that good stuff without there being political issues which <laughs> would happen at a school um so it's like he'll go into the office like a few times a week of his own choice no one is making him go in and he can go in for a few hours and like ask questions or you know do whatever whatever and then meet clients and take them places and yet so it's like he's seeing all sorts of people whereas i'm just like that's a lot for me like maybe seeing like one or two people and that's why for me like running a business where you know i am more customer focused is really helpful for me because I know that my day is going to be, I'm going to be pouring some candles. I'm going to be doing some marketing. I'm going to be doing, you know, some packing of, you know, boxes. I'm going to be dropping stuff off of the post office. Sometimes I'm going to deal with a customer, but typically it's just like, because the customer gave a review and it was nice and I'm resharing that on Instagram. It's not like a huge exchange, you know? Um, But if there was an issue and I did need to talk to a customer I wouldn't be so drained because I'm not doing that all the time. You know, I'm not talking to people every day. So you have to really think about like, what would your ideal situation be? And I say write out a few different plans because as an entrepreneur, you're not going to do that. Life is going to give you what it wants. Every day. Yeah. (laughs) You like, okay, what, what would an ideal day look like? And maybe write out five different versions of that for the same if you have one career in mind, like the same type of career, what if I was going to have different flux days, like what would they look like? Um, because you really want to know, like, 
are you going to be dealing with people all day or are you going to, you know, be doing something else? And if you know you're a person that's like, no, like I don't really love dealing with people all day. Well, don't do something like real estate. You know what I mean? Like, or if you're like, I don't like dealing with people at all. I don't like having to talk to people, blah, blah, blah. Then you shouldn't be a photographer either. Like I will say with photography, it's obviously a lot less. Um, and I liked that amount of interaction. Like I do like to be around people. I just don't like them every day. <laughs> so yeah. for me, wedding photography was great because once a week I would see a whole bunch of people and get to like be involved in this joyous moment and laugh and create art. And it was joyful and fun. And then I had the rest of the week to kind of like come down from that and not have to deal with people face to face. So really consider like your energy levels, what you like doing, you know, over and over. There's a lot of jobs with entrepreneurship that are very like repetitive. Mm -hmm. And I would say that a lot of the type of stuff that you do, like as a virtual assistant, which we are having one on, I think like next month. So we, we can have it's like that sort of stuff can get a little bit repetitive because a lot of times you're doing a similar um, type of like maybe like data input or whatever for similar businesses over and over. Now, you might find that to be really soothing. You might have your cup of coffee. You might have your lo-fi music going. You're like, yes, I'm in my zone. Let's get it done. But for other people, they're going to be like, oh, my gosh, it's driving me crazy. It's too repetitive, whatever. So you have to really just think about what you actually want your day to look like because it's not going to be like, I am a painter and all I do is paint all day. Like that's not a thing unless you're a multimillionaire already and you can outsource every other aspect of your job, which if you can do that, do it. But most of you that are listening are probably not in that boat. Yeah. And once you have that idea or the ideas, it's important to start to bring this up to the people who are going to be affected by the change. So whether it's your partner, if you're living, your spouse, if it's your children, you know, if you have older, especially if you have older kids who live with you, that's important oh, because they understand the ins and outs of the reality of having a parent in their hours and the structure and how that may change because you may have to like cut program kids and like take them out of certain things because of finances. So just really sitting down and having a, a, a plan for communicating this out, but also getting to the people who are going to be affected by this and being upfront and honest and why you are. And if you don't have people in your life, you're kind of solo dolo, youngish adult person. Um, talk to me about your therapist. So that way they can set you up for success as well, because moving, changing jobs is a stressful situation. It can easily lead mm-hmm. to depression. It can lead to anxiety. Even if you don't choose, like that's not your, you're not choosing to do something negative. You look very positive. It's just a stressful situation in general, similar to moving, losing a parent, uh, having a child, getting married, like all those things, big life changes are very stressful. So it's important that your mental health is also set up for success as well. So if you have a therapist that you're seeing, sit down and discuss with them a plan so that this transition is not as stressful and hard on you because you may think it's easy to just do things on your own. But I promise you having a therapist give you the tools to do it is so much easier to get through and has less struggle than you jumping the ship and going through something else. And then like three months into it, you have a breakdown and you're burnt out. And then like you because you don't know where all these feelings are coming from of stress and anxiety. So I think it's very important to if you have a therapist to have them walk you through the transition and what that would look like for you to help you give you the tools to manage these big feelings and this change. Yeah, because I think that when, you know, you go into making that plan to leave your nine to five, like you're not thinking about the negative side of things or any negative possibilities. A lot of times you're more like, oh, I just can't wait to get away from this job. I hate this job so much. So everything is immediately going to be solved by, 
me leaving this job. And for sure, a lot of things can be better because you are, you know, leaving your nine to five, but it doesn't mean that everything is going to be solved. And it certainly doesn't mean it's going to be solved overnight, right? It's, it's going to be a process. So talking to a therapist is really going to help you to be able to kind of put in steps in motion of like, this is what to expect then. And I will probably feel this way at this point and like work through the emotions because any sort of change typically is hard for most people. Like most people struggle with change in general. So it's just going to be helpful when you're navigating such a big change. And yeah, it's definitely something that, you know, way before you do, I always hear, and listen, I understand I'm not trying to judge. If something wild is happening at work and you're like, I got to go. Like, I understand that. I'm talking about if if it's not like that serious, but you're just like, this isn't for me anymore, then you probably shouldn't just like quit last minute and not tell your partner. Because I hear about people doing this and it'll be wild situations. It's like one of them is a stay at home parent and one of them is not. And one of them is just like, you know what? I just, I was over it. And I was like, I'm done. And I'm like, "Mm, not the best plan of action, right? It's like, you really want this to be something that you're talking about with anybody who it affects for quite some time so that you can kind of show them your plan or build that plan together. Um, So yeah, definitely think it through, talk to people. This should be an ongoing process for quite some time. Before you get to step three, where you start to get your training, get your knowledge and get your experience for this new role that you're trying to walk into. Um, So especially again with entrepreneurship, it's like a lot of these things are hard to know what it's like until you're doing it. It's very hard to know what it's like to plan and photograph a wedding until you are planning and photographing a wedding. Like it is an experience and it's not necessarily something that you want your first time to be something where someone's paying you for it. Really reliant on you because it's like things go wrong. I remember the first wedding that I ever interned for as a, um, for coordination, like I was overwhelmed because the, uh, names got like messed up for everybody to find their name to go sit for dinner. Oh, their seating chart. Oh, order. No. And it was, this was back like, cause nowadays they'll typically do like one big seating chart. Right, you know, right, right. Like, but this is back when you would have the people. Exactly, you have yeah. individual little card that's yep, folded. You at the table. And basically the bride like knocked them all out of order, but then insisted that they also still be in order. And thankfully, I was just an assistant on this job, but this was one of the many things I had to do that day is it's like, oh, we don't have that much time. They need to go out in five minutes, but also you need to alphabetize 200 of them quickly while we're doing that. So it's just like doing, having it. And at the moment I was like, oh my God, but it's just like, I just got, I got it done. I wasn't the main person in charge. She was off, you know, the main coordinator was off doing like the super, super important things. And so it's like, you learn like, things like that are going to happen. So I remember at a wedding where I was the main coordinator years later, when um, basically last minute a bride was like, I have these, um, how do you call it? Like sand dollars. She's like, I have dollars. And the calligrapher was supposed to write everybody's name on them for like the seating chart. And then they're supposed to be stuck in sand, but the calligrapher didn't. And now it's the morning of the wedding and they're not done. And technically, this was not something that, you know, like, I'm not getting paid to do this. But I was like, well, I'm not a calligrapher, but I can I can get the names on there and get it done. So literally me and my assistant just banged it out. And it's just, you know, I just knew like, this is this is just you just get it done. And I wasn't stressed about it. I was like, it's fine. We'll get it done. My assistant was like, you know, back how I was back in the day, like, oh, my God. And I was like, it's fine. We'll get it done. That experience that you gain when you're working on that event or in that arena in that situation is just so incredibly valuable 
and being able to kind of like train on the job, so to speak. It's like, whatever it is, if you know somebody who does it and you can ask them if you can accompany them, you can help them, it's going to give you so much insight into, you know, what to expect when you are in that position one day. A lot of photographers will also, um, you know, shadow each other. That's like a very big thing in the community. And somebody will be like, okay, I'm doing a photo session. I'm doing a family session. If you want to come out and you can shadow and kind of, and I've done that for a lot of photographers. They've come out with me and I've just kind of shown them, this is what I do. This is how I shoot. You know, this is what the process is like. So they can learn if that's something that they actually want to be doing in the future. Um, John has definitely done that with other agents. Like typically your first three sales, you work with somebody with every step of the way. Like they don't just send you out to the wolves. They're like, you don't know what you're doing. Here you go. And that's been so helpful for him to like have that, you know, knowledge, that training, that experience, you know, before jumping into the thing and what it is. Um, so I just, you know, that's just such a big one. Now I, I don't want to, I want to like warn people, don't get stuck in that situation where you're like, you bought a training and you're like, cool, I learned a lot from this. Now, instead of making the jump, I'm just going to buy a hundred more trainings. Cause I do see that. I do see people that are like, well, look, this business coach says that I need to buy this thing for $500 if I really want to be ready to bring in the ideal client, you know, and it's like, they'll do that over and over and over again and never like actually start the thing. So at a certain point you need to start the thing. And I think it's great to read about something and you certainly should, you should read, you should watch videos or whatever, but I think that you need to get out there and do the thing if possible. And again, in a way that is not going to ruin someone's day if it's like weddings you know what I mean like if you're a contractor for building homes like you don't want to just go out there and build someone's home like you obviously want to like work for someone first and that sort of thing so just kind of apply it with some common sense um but yeah you do need to get out there and actually try the thing and know what that experience is going to be like day to day yeah for sure and I don't think you should ever jump into a career choice without knowing what it would be like because YouTube is not going to tell you. I know that this is a big thing with YouTubers and certain careers is doing and journaling their specific career. And it's helpful to an extent until you get your hands into something, you are not going to know if you like it or not. And this happens a lot right now with tech is that there's big push to get people in tech because the wages are better and to get people out of poverty in this way. And because the only way you can get out of poverty realistically is to get more money make more money uh-huh. and as we learned the gig economy was not healthy and did not help and hold up through the pandemic for the most part that kind of has died down a lot for people people weren't making living wages doing all of that and it got oversaturated really quickly so i think the next big thing is to try to get people into tech where they can make a little bit more money for like very non-technical roles or roles that don't require a lot of education up front and so there's a lot of push for that. And so there's a lot of social media and influencers who are telling people, oh, come be this, come be a project manager, come be a product manager, come do this and that. And like, it sounds quote unquote easy because it is what it is, you know, on social media, everything sounds easy. But once you've gotten your foot in the door and start doing the thing, you quickly realize if it's for you or not. So I definitely recommend trying stuff out prior to quitting your job you quitting your job and starting to go out and to do a different thing like this is a thing that there was a um new york times article i think or some one of the other big papers where they were talking about people not getting what they bargained for with their buying the homes and so there was this article about this couple who bought a farm in lakeland oh right down the street yeah 
complained about how hard farming was and in the article they quote <laughs> it and they're like well everybody on instagram and social media makes it seem like being having a farm is so easy but it's very hard and i'm like I know for, for a fact. One plant and you will see like, and then imagine that times a bajillion. I'm like, I know from just having a small access to a very small, small, small garden situation with a couple of animals that that is very difficult to upkeep, requires a lot of maintenance, a lot of people, a lot of planning, a lot of thought, et cetera, from just having the smallest amount of insight into it. I would never have gone and bought an actual farm on site, like oh, sight wow. unseen, just because I had money to do so. Seen, it's also just like you don't even know if the land is going to be good for what you're trying like. To do. Oh yeah, I can get a farm because oh, everybody God. on Instagram is doing it. Which I don't know what friends they have. But everybody on my Instagram right. is not quitting and starting a farm. I'm try- quite literally the only person who's trying to go out here in the middle of nowhere and start a farm and I keep recruiting all these people <laughs> to the point where I get messages now like it's a running joke where people are like have you left and gone to the farm yet and like I'm trying I'm learning I'm taking my farmer training <laughs> I'm trying to get out of here <laughs> like I'm trying to get out but you I know, mean, I've they- seen like rich white celebrities who've done it but I haven't seen yeah like any normal people that I know who've done it It's not something you should just jump and do. So I say that with any career. People are like, building websites is so easy. You just get a template and you da 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 da. And then you realize that it is on earth, y'all. Breaks. Or people who make these plugins disappear and they never show up again, or the plugin gets bought by a bigger company and they decided to sunset it or change it completely or pay more money. You know, you don't know what's going to happen. So, realistically, trying to get the easy way into anything that's not a thing that does not exist do not give anyone anyone money who says it's easy even real estate there's a lot of people who for years and years and years is the oldest real estate scam get into real estate it's so easy you'll be selling houses in no time just come by my course and you'll be a millionaire by the end of your first month and much like charisma said you don't even sell a house by yourself for the first time (laughs) you know you have to go in it and have someone guide you through that process otherwise you will mess something up, ruin someone's life, and then be blacklisted off your very first deal. It's not and getting up and that, just like, doing it. Real estate, like photography, is one of those careers where there are a lot of like get-rich-quick type people. Yes, trying to very scammy. Yeah, like so many people trying to sell you stuff that's like, if you just do this, but then it's like they'll have like five different courses and they're like, oh, well, the reason that you're not a millionaire now. It's because you need my second course. And there's like a right. That. And that's a very old thing that has been in mm-hmm. real estate since the beginning yep. of the real estate industry in America. And it's definitely an influence thing, especially in the United States. That is definitely an old thing. So this is like one of those careers that, and that scam is what people use for every under other industry. So people yeah, are like, yeah, now leaked out into so many other industries. It's like, you know, when I first got into photography, it was not as much like that. But now probably like three like my third year is when it started to get like that. And Everybody's that- selling a course on how oh, to become oh. the next insert popular photographer name here because they yep. always change. I never know who's popular anymore. I'm out of the game. It yep. was Jasmine Starr at some point. Even she before she was selling courses, people were selling courses to tell you to be like Jasmine yeah. Starr. And now she's like, not even a photographer. Right. Right. Exa- exactly. So just imagine that that's a thing that people do. So 
take it with a grain of salt when you do these courses. You need to go out and get your hands dirty is basically what we're trying to say. Yeah. Um, the next thing you also need to do is prior to this is start making extra money anyway. So if you do not have multiple streams of income, whether that be through doing services or having, again, like we said, um, passive income, whether that's investing in different uh, ETF funds or whatever it is that you're trying to do, you need to have multiple streams of income prior to quitting your job because you need to have backups for this thing that you're trying to invest in in case it does not flourish within the first couple months, which usually you are not profitable within your first couple months of business. And if you can't do that, if like you're like, that's not something that I can wrap my brain around at the moment than like saving six months to a year's worth of expenses. And I know like there's a lot of lists that say three months expenses. And that is not a good plan because three months goes by really fast. Um, And there's a lot of people, there's a lot of people that like run successful businesses that they run these businesses for years and they go through three month periods where they don't make a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Because there are some businesses that make like almost all their money in certain during seasons. this like season. And I make way more money from September to the end of December than I make the rest of the year with candles. Like it's it's not even comparable. Um, and so it's like had I had not, you know, if I was just like, oh, no worries, whatever. It's like, you know, I'm not going to make as much money like right now, like March, April, May as I will during that time. So if you're coming into this, if you're coming into like a career like pouring candles and you're coming into it from something else and you don't have anything saved and your first month that you've quit is like, let's say you quit right now, right? And you're like, I'm going to start my business April 1st. That's when I'm opening my doors. You're not going to get the same reception you would receive if you started in fall. And I'm not saying don't start now. I think it's good to start now, start building up the brand, but like it will probably not be until September that things are flying off the shelf, like, you know, just absolutely wild. So you just have to keep that in mind. There are other people like even real estate agents, they sell more during summer and fall. Um, because that's, you know, a lot of people are going to relocate over summer because it's easier if you have kids or like they'll decide, okay, like we're going to relocate for the school year. They have to do it like as soon as fall hits. So there's, there's just times of the year where things are going to be busier depending on what that thing is for you. So having six months to a year's worth of expenses is going to be a lot better than having like three months, which again, three months can fly by. And if you have, you know, uh, pretty much rent at this point is about $1.700 million for most people in the United States. That's pretty accurate figure, I'm sure. Um, so if that is your rent, like me, you want to make sure that you have stuff put away for that. Yeah. And if you can do the multiple strings of income, that is going to be your ideal situation because then not only do you have money saved, but you have more money coming in. So it's going to just put you at a point of ease when you're, again, change is hard. You're starting this new business. You're, you're leaving your nine to five, this trusted paycheck that you're used to coming in. So having those different streams of income and knowing that they're coming in is just going to give you a bit of peace of mind so that when you're starting things out, you're not super stressed at the beginning of your new career. So definitely keep that in mind. Again, I would say do both if you can, but definitely, definitely save the six months to a year if possible. Um, And again, depending on what you're doing, you know, certain businesses, it makes sense to take out a business loan and and that sort of thing. So it really just depends on what you're doing. Um, They're not, I mean, it's not like they're uncommon. It just really depends on what you're doing. You need to really look at the return on your investment and what 
what the situation is going to be, how likely you are to make money in the first three years, that sort of stuff. Uh, and you'll, you'll do all that with a business plan. But yeah, make sure you're doing that before you decide if you're going to take loans out. I know, you know, somebody who recently was like, I want to take out business loans. I want to take out business loans. Um, but their business, you know, didn't make a lot of money the first year that they were in business and they wouldn't have had any income coming in to pay off those business loans. They would have been more stressed about it. And honestly, the business loans wouldn't have helped the business grow in their certain circumstance, right? So just see what is going to be best for your circumstance. But there are there are loans out there. There are also grants out there. So there's money that you can get and not have to pay back, which is always wonderful as well. Um, but you want to make sure that you have a good financial plan going into it before you're stepping away from that nine to five. So just like our first step where you want to have that clear plan on what your day-to-day -day life is going to be, all that sort of good stuff, and you want to talk, discuss that with a therapist, you also want to make sure that you have a really, really clear plan for income for at least that first year. Um, you want to know when is season? When am I going to be making money? You know, what is going to be the plan if I don't make money? What is going to be like, how long am I going to, you know, wait on making money? Not wait, because you're obviously going to be out there working, trying to make it happen. But how, like how long until you have another backup plan, right? So you want to have all of that in place and talk about that beforehand. And especially again, if you have a partner or somebody that is affected by your money, you want to have that discussion with them as well. Because for a lot of people, what I'll see is, you know, for people that have a partner, sometimes it's like, I'm going to try this new thing. We're pretty much okay financially. Like it's tight on one income, but it's like we could do it on one income. So let's do it on one income. Like I'll see a lot of people who go that route. And that's good if you can do that because you know one of you has kind of got the bills and the other one can take this time to try to build up, you know, uh, their their income. But if you both really heavily rely on a two-person income household, then you need to make sure that you have some funds in place and have a plan in place in case things don't kick off immediately. And remember, if they don't kick off immediately, like that is not only fine, it's normal. <laughs> like it's very, very common. It's not like most people walk into entrepreneurship and then the next day they're a millionaire. If that was the case, everybody would do it, right? Um, it, it takes a lot of work and you're not always going to make a ton of money at first. Um, but that's why you put the plan in place so that, you know, you're good to go. So the last step is leaving your nine to five on good terms if possible. So this really just helps with so many different things, but especially that last thing we were talking about when it comes to money, like things happen and sometimes things might be not going the way that you want them to go. And it might be six months into this new venture and things are not working, uh, you know, the way you thought they would. And maybe you're running low on money and you're feeling a little stressed and maybe it's a possibility for you to go back to that nine to five, even if just for another six months or so to continue working on your business and turning that into, you know, essentially a side hustle for the time being until you can get things organized to step away again. Um, so if you leave on good terms, then you have that in your back pocket, you know, you have that safety net of, you know, oh, I can always go back to that company. Or maybe you go back to a company that is similar, um, but you haven't like tarnished your reputation in that field, basically. So, you know, obviously, it's like if your job is terrible, and they're doing absolutely terrible things, and they're like, ethically, like, 
just completely immoral and, you know, whatever, then do what you have to do. But if it's just like, no, it's just not the right fit for me. I don't like it anymore. If there's just a way to step away and let them know, like, you know, I appreciated the time I spent here. I learned so much, but I'm going to be going out to do my own thing and, you know, wish you all the best, blah, 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 giving them their two weeks notice. Um, and again, then you have that door open instead of like a burned bridge. Now I'm just going to say, we all know that there are some times where you have to burn a bridge. Um, so use your discernment in that situation. Don't just light it, light something on fire, light it on fire. You know what I'm saying? Like decide if it's, if it's a door that you're going to leave open or if it's a burnt bridge, you're going to burn. It's, they're two very different situations. So you use your, your brain going into that and knowing which one is which, because people sometimes burn bridges they don't need to burn. Yeah, it's this is difficult because it's hard to say that you. I, the problem with this thought process, depending on where you are, I feel like in some industries, in the restaurant industry and like hospitality, it's a little bit easier to leap on good terms and get a job when you come back. In tech and in corporate America, a lot of times they will hold a grudge for you because people are salty <laughs> i'm just keeping it 100 percent yeah keeping it real as someone who knows people who get very upset when people like press stuff people stay pre- there have been a lot of instances especially during the great resignation with certain companies where people employees didn't even want to quit they were trying to come up with like you said solutions to maybe not coming back in the office or maybe moving out of state and being remote and this type and they are offering suggestions and the people are like I can't accommodate you. That's silly. Why would I want you on my team? And, you know, you leave on good terms at that point because what have you done? Like, I, I've done all that I can. And then afterwards, it's like you're in a meeting with these people and they're like, can you believe this so-and-so did this? And I'm like, "What? well, what happened here? Like, this person gave you opportunities. They gave maybe even referrals to take for people to take the position that they were leaving, like done all the things that you're supposed to do. And it, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if somebody has like a hole and a heavy burden in their heart and they're like a salty person they are going to blacklist you regardless. So I will say an important thing to do is don't burn bridges with the people that you have relationships with within the company or within the other companies that you speak with, because more than likely you may not get an offer at the company you worked for, but if you did business with, which most people do, maybe a vendor or a sister company or whatever it is, get in touch with those people first before you get back in touch with your direct reports. If you guys didn't have like a, it was a odd leaving situation and more than often they're looking for you and your talent anyway, because what you were bringing to that company, they noticed and they stood you out and whatever. So I will say LinkedIn is good for this. It is truly the devil. I truly hate LinkedIn. Cannot (laughs) say enough bad things personally about LinkedIn, but it is one of those places where people really rely on LinkedIn for networking it's truly where professionals go to hang out. The people, it is its own social network. It has the wildest memes. They are not funny. <laughs> people are like, <laughs> people do. Say, like, is it is it lit ever? Like, is it's it- it's lit to them. <laughs> to them, it's lit. To us, it's not. I don't. I don't find any of the content on LinkedIn interesting at all. And I understand why you have to do it. Is to play the game to get ahead to meet the people and have people. You, you are your own sales rep. And so you're personally, a lot of times people are posting the wildest stuff about it. So it sounds like a, like a complimenting diary. Like today I woke up and I decided to make the best decision of my life. Start a new company. You know who's in this company with me? If you want, you know, it's very salesy and very like inspirational and weird. And 
I don't, I don't know. It's, it's definitely a different vibe, especially when you're friends with people on other social networks. It's like their LinkedIn them is mm-hmm. wild. LinkedIn memes are wild. LinkedIn fights and discourse is very wild. It's Please just LinkedIn memes later today. And then like explain them to me if I don't get them. They're not funny. My goodness. <laughs> My LinkedIn is just like a desert wasteland. Like I do not ever, I'm just absent. I'm so. in there sometimes. I need to go in there and do another refresh and do some stuff because it is what it is. It's a necessary evil. It's very good for yeah, nonprofits, I will say. For people with nine to fives, like it's going to be a good place to keep in touch with a lot of those Yes. Um, and he also, yeah. as you start to do your new venture, again, those people are on LinkedIn, a lot of the times they're interested in supporting you if you have good relationships, like if you didn't burn those bridges. So a lot of those people will support you in your new thing and they'll be so excited because I do this all the time. Somebody that I used to work with 25 years ago <laughs> started a new thing. I'm excited. I'm talking to you about it. I think I told you, it's like, it's like this girl that I was friends with, but somebody I worked with when I first moved here 10 years ago started this new company. You know, I do that all the time. I still keep in touch with these people and knowing what they're doing so that when they do something, like somebody I know has started a medical spa, somebody I know has started like this beauty studio. I've known so many people who I've worked with who have gone into entrepreneurship and I'm 100% always the person who's like, that's so exciting. I'm so excited for you. I hope you have a good time. Let me know if you need anything. Some of them have become clients over the years. Some of them have not. Like it just, it's nice to have that. So I will say if you do not burn your bridges, but you, I really, there's no, like you said, a lot of times there's no reason to. If someone's treating you badly, just leave. Like it's not worth creating a spectacle about it. If the company was bad, it will go under. I will say that from a hundred percent experience. All the companies that I worked for that were terrible don't exist anymore. <laughs> like it just it, they they go under. They don't exist anymore. People who were really bad managers, they get blacklisted eventually. They get out. They leave or they get hit by a car. Like you know what I mean? Like things happen. Don't make a, a spectacle about it. And I'm kind of glad that this trend of like quitting on social media is also done because that can only get you so far. I think that's one of the things that's very interesting to me about Nicole Walters is that's how she became popular. That's how she went viral. She quit live from her job and that started her virality. (laughs) Her quitting her job, which is wild to me because that was a thing that you could have done then. That back then that was like, yeah, that's right. You quit your job. I don't think she would ever tell anybody to do that. <laughs> no, like as a business coach, she would never tell anybody to walk into your job and put your job on Facebook Live. Absolutely not. Like it doesn't work. That's not a thing that does. And so I'm glad people aren't doing that anymore. Hopefully it never pops up on TikTok as a trend because Lord knows social media has is cyclical <laughs> and comes around in every platform. Things that we were doing on MySpace are now popular mm-hmm. on TikTok. So hopefully nobody catches the quit live on TikTok phase. Um, that's not a thing. But yeah, just keep, Keep in touch with people. Even if you don't see them, they're not your friends, they're not close, coworkers are what they are. You may be surprised who reached out to you in the future, depending on what it is you're doing. You may hear from people you've never heard, thought you would hear from again. Maybe like the person who didn't even work on your team, who you may have said something kind to, one not, you know, just be kind where you are when you're on your way out. Continue to be kind and keep in touch with people as you choose to do so. And I assume LinkedIn is that place where you're going to continue to do that. So optimize that to the best of your abilities. Yeah, that's such a good point because I like John doesn't have anybody from work on like actual, like, like on Instagram or like anywhere. No. But for him, he does have a lot of coworkers on Facebook and he's not like, he wasn't on Facebook for a very long time. But once he started, you know, he was like, we're doing this. I was like, okay, you need to go on Facebook, you know, 
just periodically to start out and then more and more and more because I'm like, you have so many people from work who you've connected with over the years. You've been teaching for 18 years. And I'm like, these are literally going to be some of the people that are going to turn around and buy houses from you, you know? So for him, it's, it's very like Facebook is basically like a teacher's LinkedIn, honestly, because mm-hmm. <laughs> mostly teachers are going like there to be like help and like everything's terrible, you know, cause it's true. Um, but yeah, so it's like, that's, that's where a lot of people weigh in on stuff and he can go and he can also just like provide like, support and then an ear to be like, I'm sorry, I understand what you're going through and it sucks, right? Because a lot of times people just want to talk about that. And and a lot of people will, you'll find people are interested when you leave your nine to five. If it was a place that things weren't going well, it probably is not going well for other people as well. So a lot of times people do want to keep up with you because they want to be like, what are you doing next? And, you know, you might inspire them to also like make a change in their own life too. So yes, definitely like if you can leave a door open. If you can, you know, leave things on good terms. I always recommend doing that. Obviously, if they're like terrible, horrific, evil people, light the bridge on fire. But it's like people will be acting like that's the case when that's not the case. So it's like- A lot of people are bad employees and don't- Yeah. I'm like, if you, Um, if you need clarity, like you can literally jump in our DMs and be like, this is what my job is doing. Do I need to light it on fire? I'll be like, no, because a lot of times that's not the case. It, it, sometimes it's the case, but companies are trash. I'm not going to say that, but some yeah, companies are, are, are it's absolute trash. People are like, <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, unless they're doing something evil, you can just, you can just leave and not have it be a whole, you know what I mean? Like save that negative energy that you were going to like do all that with and just focus on pouring positive energy into your new venture. Exactly. Well, other than that, I'm sure there's plenty we could have gone into detail with. Maybe we will on the Patreon someday if you guys are interested. Obviously, reach out and let us know. Again, as always, rate and review. Uh, Follow us on social, and we will see you guys next week. We'll see you next week. Bye.